The Pasuk in Parshas told us, tells us, that the children were rushing or they were agitating in her insides, in the insides of Rifka Imenu. Vatomer, and she said, Imkain, if this is true, Lama Zeanochi. Why am I thus? Or what is my purpose? Why do I even exist? And she proceeded to seek out Hashem, which we find from Chazal, we find from various places in Tanakh, seeking out Hashem as a lashon of consulting a Navi for Eitzah and for the Nevuah from Hashem. And the question is, why in fact did Rivka Yemenu go to seek Eitzah, to seek advice from a Navi, um, Chazal tell us was the was shame Ben Noach. Why is she going to shame Ben Noach if she was having such pains from pregnancy? She should have just gone to see her local OBGYN, you know, a medical professional who can tell her what exactly is happening within her womb. But apparently, the fact that she went to seek out Hashem is telling us that it wasn't just pains from pregnancy, but there was something that was that was disturbing her emotionally, spiritually. It wasn't just physical pain, but there was something that was distressing her from a deeper place. And in fact, this is what Rashi tells us, a famous Rashi that we've heard hundreds of times to explain what exactly was disturbing Rivka Imenu so much. And what, in fact, it was that was disturbing her. If you look back at this Rashi, which once again we've seen so many times, we will find something quite profound. Because Rashi tells us that Rivka was, was experiencing these opposite poles, that every time she would pass by the Bate Medrash, she would feel kicking from, from the child within her. And yet, every time she was in the vicinity of a base of Odazara, she would also feel the kicking. Now, the question is, was it really the fact that she felt the kicking at the base medrash and the kicking at the base of Odazara that bothered her? If you would ask me, the only thing that would bother me would be if, if the child um, um, that I would be carrying, maybe not me, but, but someone who is uh, a woman, per se, um, but the, the child kicking to get out by the base of Odazara, that would be the kind of thing that would disturb me most. But in fact, that's not what Rashi tells us. Rashi does not tell us that it was the fact that there was a child kicking to get out at the base of Odazara that disturbed her. But it was apparently the fact that it was both a child, on the one hand, kicking to get out to go to the base medrash, and on the other hand, it would seem in her mind that the same child was kicking to get out at the base of Odazara. In other words, it wasn't the fact that the child wanted to go to the base of Odazara, but it was the fact that she felt that there was one child who was experiencing these inconsistent leanings, these inconsistent tendencies. There was an inconsistency, and that was what disturbed Rivka Yemenu. And, but apparently the answer for Rivka Yemenu was that, yeah, and at least in her case, it was actually Shnei Goyim Bevitneich. There are actually two legions, two individual kids inside you. And that would explain why one is kicking to get out at the base of Odazara, another one's kicking out to get out of the base Medrash, or to get to the base Medrash. But the question, once again, is why was she not disturbed by the fact that apparently a kid of hers, a child of hers, would want to go to the base of Odazara? And I think the answer is that 
if there was at least a certain sense of consistency, if all she felt was a child that wants to go to the base of Odazara, as upsetting as that would be, at the end of the day, at least you know what you're dealing with. You know how to target it. You know that this is a child that has certain nitios, certain leanings that have to be tended to. And for the purpose of this child's growth, we'll know how to target it as long as we know exactly what it is this child wants and what this child needs. But the danger is when we have that inconsistency. And even though for the case of Rifka Yemeno, it was two individual children, but how often do we find this existing paradox within one individual, where the person on the one hand really does yearn for Torah and mitzvah, someone who loves the Derech Hashem, someone who wants to fully embrace the Ratzon Hashem on the one hand, and yet he is so attached to his Yetzirah on the other hand, that he's so much pulled by the desires of this world, whether it's Gile Arayos, or maybe he has bloodthirsty tendencies, or just has these leanings towards things that are contrary to Torah, that are representative of Avodah Zarah. It's not that he's not inspired for, for Torah. He is, and he's fully embracing one, but on the other hand, he's fully embracing the other. Does that not happen? Do we not sometimes exist with those inconsistencies? And the question is, what do you do then with that inconsistency? When we're being poschem al se'ifim, when we're straddling both sides of the fence, that is the hardest to work with. It's the hardest to target. Because it's not like there isn't a yearning for Torah to fill a void. The void is filled by two contrary forces. And even though you want to fulfill the Torah and Ratzon Hashem, and even though maybe many times you are doing it, maybe we could say a hundred times, the, uh, 100% of the time that you have the opportunity to do it, that you will, but at the same time, maybe 100% of the time, or at least a high percentage of the time, you are embracing things that are completely contrary to the Torah. What do you do then? When a person is already benevolent towards the Torah, and yet, on the other hand, he has such benevolence towards the Sahara as well. There is, in fact, no easy answer to this question. But this is a real source of distress for someone who truly yearns to be an Eved Hashem. How, in fact, do I get the Sahara within me out of my system when I have so fully embraced it already, where it's so much a part of who I am? And the answer has to be immersion in all of the right areas. Because it's hard to be... Tovel, if you have a Sheretz Biado, to completely immerse yourself if you are embracing something that is contrary to Torah. The answer is that we have to be able to let go somehow. Yes, it's in our system, and yes, we enjoy it, but we have to know how to differentiate and know how to pull apart and know how to walk away from the parts of us that are not conducive to our spiritual growth. And perhaps we see this a little bit with Yaakov Avinu as well. Because even though Yaakov and Esav were two separate individual children, but Yaakov did eventually have to take on both the mission of his own and Esav's mission, where Yaakov would also have to go into the real world and Yaakov would have to fight the battles with the Eitzar Hara. And then, embracing perhaps more than one Midah, Yaakov would have to know how to differentiate between the Ratzon Hashem and everything that was contrary to it. And that is our mission as well that 
this is a it's a real point of distress. It's a real point of contention within our within ourselves. As Rav Chaim Shalavitz points out in Sichos Musa, the Or V'choshech Sheba Adam, the light and darkness that exists simultaneously within us, we have to make sure that with all the things that we love, with all the things that we yearn for, we are making sure to immerse ourselves in all of the right places and to do so embracing entirely the Ratzon Hashem and letting go of the Sharetz in our hand, letting go of the Avodah Zarah that might exist in our midst.